0: So, once again, uh, we are hearing God speak to us. Um, Once again, uh, we are learning the principle that if we give God space, he will speak. If we give him space, he will speak. Not just on Sundays. If we give him space, he will speak. Are you giving him space? Are you in a place where you are actually listening? Or are we in a place where we are just in our own thoughts, our own attitudes, our own pride, our own ideas, our own wants, our own uh, kind of thoughts about how everything should be? Or are we in a place that we are teachable, we are humble, and we are able to hear God? The only reason that God spoke here this morning is because we have a group of people who have, thankfully, because of our age and otherwise we have learned that maybe what we think isn't so important. And you can tell the difference when somebody is speaking from themselves and when they're speaking from God. You can tell that difference. And God is asking us this morning, where are we? In what state are we? Last week, there was a very significant word given. Uh, Well, there's a whole bunch, actually. Actually. Uh, But one of them was, it is time. Well, it's time for what? It's time for Jesus to come back? Well, we know that. We know that's happening. All we have to do is look outside. The signs are all around us. When it's going to happen, that's not important. What is important is it's time for us to recognize that. and, And if God says that to us, it's time for us to do something. He's not saying it's just time and let's have a party. He's saying it's time we have to be prepared. And that's what God was saying to us this morning. How are we going to be prepared? Well, definitely the, one of the ways that we are going to be prepared is being in a place where we are allowing God to speak. It's, it's a very interesting time. I, I, I've said to God... <laughs> I've said to God a few times, I said, Father, why is it always so serious? And you know why? Because it's serious. God does not want anyone left behind. God does not want anyone in his family left behind. And he's giving us admonitions this morning that we have to have deep roots, that we have to strengthen ourselves, that we have to wait upon the Lord, that we have to be in the Lord. Why is he saying that? Because we're not doing it. Or why else? Why would God tell us something that we're already doing? He's telling us stuff that we are not doing. And there is a warning going out. There's a warning to it all. That God wants to give us so much. And he wants us to have that anointing. And what is the anointing? The anointing isn't so that we can float down the street giving people powerful words from God. That is not the anointing. The anointing is being in the presence of God. Whether you're in your bedroom, on the bus, at church, wherever it is, that's the anointing. It is the relationship caliber that you and I have with God. It's got nothing to do with whether we go and prophesy over somebody or have all this knowledge. That's God doing that. And we're not going to get in heaven and get any reward for that at all. Because that's God's doing. That's why God can do amazing things through people who maybe are not that amazing in their character. I was talking to someone the other day, and he was so perplexed about the fact that this Christian that was uh, they had been walking with for a while, you know, thought... They were great, and all of a sudden, something happened, and they just turned nasty. They turned angry, broke relationship with them, and he said, how can that be when they're speaking in tongues, and they have all this stuff? I said, oh, my heavens. I said, God gives us far more than we deserve. That God gives somebody the gift of tongues or gives somebody the gift of prophecy or gives somebody the gift of preaching or whatever it might be is in no way, shape, or form any statement about their quality and their character. That is something between them and God. And God says in the end times that there's going to be people up there that say, well, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I speak and do miracles and raise the dead and all this stuff? And he said, I don't know you. I don't know you. And we're saying, and I said to this, this friend of mine, I said, all you saw in that was the generosity of God, the mercy and generosity of God handing that out to this person, giving it to them, what they are going to do with what God gives them, that is something totally different as far as how they're going to handle their relationship with God. And this one thing... This one thing that they touched somehow that got her so mad, all of a sudden, boom, up it came. And that is what they're going to be judged on. What did they do with that when it came up? What are we doing with the that's that come up, the offenses and the struggles and the unanswered questions and the difficulties and the things that didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to turn out? Those situations will decide our placement in heaven. If anyone's even concerned about placement, apparently we should because Paul was very concerned about it. So there is something else that God is saying. He's saying well, you need to get yourself prepared because there is stuff coming on the earth that, and it's already here. We've talked about it, and I don't want to get into end times so much that we lose the focus of Christ and the relationship with Christ. We are not supposed to be focusing on the Antichrist and focusing on when this is going to happen and when the temple is going to be rebuilt and when all this is going to... That is a distraction. All we have to know is that, you know what? We're in the funnel. We're in the funnel. And trust me, anything we imagine will not equal what is actually coming. Will it happen in your lifetime? Will it happen in mine? Well, some of it already is. So who knows? But I could stand up here and try to tell you when this is going to happen and when the Great Recession is going to happen and when that is going to happen. And I will probably 99% be wrong. And everyone will walk out of here scared to death, paranoid, looking around, trying to figure out where the devil's working. I want, and what God is saying, that is not the focus. The focus is where are you with me? Where are you with me? And if you're here today... You are here because God wanted you to hear this. That we need to be reminded that there is serious stuff at stake. You know, Jesus was not kidding when he did the sower, talking about the sower and the seed. You know, of all the seed that went down, which is the word of God and the people who received it, only a third of them made it. So God is obviously saying something to us today That don't let pride hold you back. I was praying the other day and I said, Father, what is holding back? What's holding back? And it's funny, Tony. It it said pride. It is what's going to stop us every time from entering into that sacred anointing with Christ. And by anointing, I mean relationship. It's pride. Wanting it our way. Wanting it when we want it. Thinking that we are right not caring for our brothers and sisters. This is all stuff that happens when we are not in close relationship with God. And God is calling us to close relationship today. He's saying, it's time. Like when he said that last week, it's <laughs> it's just no time to sit down and do a a a Bible study on the Hebrew meaning of some word that has nothing to do with what is happening right now. God wants you to be with him for eternity. And you know what? We're coming up to some last chances. We're coming up to some last calls to repentance. We're coming up to, because there is a time where God says, he says it in Romans, I will no longer bother them I will no longer convict them. I will no longer call them. I'll leave them to their reprobate mind, and they can do what they want. And he's talking to the church. And if we want to stay in our obstinance, and you know what your obstinance is. I know what mine is. If you want to stay in your own feelings and your own ideas how everything should be done, and I have those ideas too, if you want to stay that, you will get the fruit of it. God's saying, Put your roots down deep in me. Be humble. Come to me. Allow me to speak to you. Put yourself in a place where God can hear you. And that's not watching Netflix. It's not out back, uh, you know, doing whatever you're doing out behind the house or whatever it is. We have got to be a people that will start being more than Sunday Christians. Because there's something out there. We also heard a word last week, didn't we, about The lion, the devil is like a lion going around, looking. Well, who's he looking for? Who is he looking for? He's already got the world. He's looking for weak believers. What did you say? Us. Us. That's right. He's looking for people who he knows are stuck in their own pride, stuck in their anger, stuck in their idea of what God should be for them. And he's going, oh, okay, i got something to work with here. I can just build on that. And whisper in their ear all the things that God hasn't done, all the things that they want, all the things. And and eventually, he doesn't have to do anything egregious. He just has to keep on feeding the narrative. God doesn't love me. God's not with me. Why is my life the way it is? Why am I not getting what I want? Boy, oh, boy. And we all do it. Instead of having that humble situation where you come before God and you say, Father, thy will be done. It's the first thing, the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Not my will be done. And if ever we have to, as a church, start putting aside our ideas of how things should be done, Right now is the time because you may have not noticed that the way we were doing it has achieved very little. All of the great wisdom of the church of the last 50, 60 years, especially, and the massive, massive evangelical force that has come out of social Christianity has not really served us so good. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I'm saying maybe it's time that we put away our agendas and start seeking God for his and stop being babies and stop being petulant little children. I'm speaking to myself too, petulant little children who get all upset because I don't understand something and something's not going my way. If you don't believe that God loves you, if you don't believe Jesus is real, if you don't believe you need to be saved... Good on you, go and live it, and see how that works for you. Have a look outside if you want to see how that works. That's how it works. All of a sudden, everything's fine when everyone's driving the Cadillac. All the bills are paid. Everything's great. You got all your body working. All the parts are where they should be. You haven't had to get anything out or in. Everything's good. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? All of a sudden, you get a prognosis from the doctor. All of a sudden, you lose your job. All of a sudden, things aren't going rosy, rosy, just like I told Jesus that he had to have it for me because I put in my McDonald's order to Jesus, and this is what it's going to be. Guess what? That restaurant's closed. It's closed. It closed about three and a half months ago, if it was ever open at all. And what God is saying now, recess is over. It's time to sit down, get your honorary self in shape, looking forward to Jesus, and start listening. And allow God to start speaking. Because we do not know the day or the hour. I don't know why I'm so frustrated with this. Uh, but I, I just, I'm frustrated with it in myself. I'm frustrated with seeing it in the church. I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated at it. That we are such a resistant people and God is calling us to have this daily relationship with him and we talked about it I don't know what night it was Brenda brought it up in one of the zoom calls about the daily bread that Moses in the old testament when Moses had was leading that rebellious nation Israel through the desert um, it was a daily picking up of the manna And you had to quote every day except the day before Sabbath. And then God would miraculously make it not spoil and it would be good for two days. So God could have made that manna that you picked up on Monday last all week. But he didn't because God wants a daily relationship, not a Sunday to Sunday relationship, not a when I feel I can do it relationship not a i'm going to watch fate i'm going to be on facebook or netflix or something oh i forgot to pray today oh i forgot to i'm telling you this is not just some pastor talk about the fact that you know we need to be good christians and we need to read our bible this is survival this is what this is this is not just you towing the christian line and and checking off your christian duties God is trying to tell us that something very severe is coming and that in order to survive it, we need to have our roots deep into the soil. And there's only one way to get those deep roots, and that is to be at every possible spiritual event you can be at. Daily praying, daily reading your Bible, gathering with the saints, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's at church, Whatever it is, you know it's amazing? Zoom is probably the easiest technology uh, outside of turning my TV on, which sometimes I can't even figure out with the remote. But it has got to be some of the easiest technology. The most we have, you know, like I always say, if Jesus was coming back today and he was coming back to Mosaic, uh, we'd probably have 90 people here. You know, if you had all of the people come. If we were serving pizza, we'd have 95, maybe 96. But yet, isn't it interesting, the most we have ever had on a Zoom call was for our Black Lives Matter conversation, which was, I think, 23 people. Now, I don't know what that says to you, and I don't want to incriminate anybody. I know some people can't get on it, and they don't have the technology, But I mean, really, come on. What does this say? You don't even have to leave your house. So what is God to do? What is he to say? Well, he said it this morning. He said, get your roots deep. Get them deep. Don't hold back. And what are we holding back for? What are we holding back for? That's a huge question, and I don't have the answer. Because you're all individuals. I'm an individual. I've certainly, you know, had the struggles of trying to go deeper with God and trying to kill the flesh so I can revive the spirit. It is a struggle. It's hard. It's not easy. The spirit will always fight against, or the flesh will always fight against the spirit. It's never going to be convenient. It's never going to be easy. I don't know how many times I've come up those steps in the morning to pray, and I'm saying, oh, Lord. Lord. I'm just, I'm, like, I'm tired. I, I'm just not into this. But I walk around this church, and I say, this is important. It is important that I do this. It's important, and it is important. Whatever's on TV, whoever is coming to visit, whatever personal circumstance we think is going to somehow usurp our responsibility to be with God, it's not important. And you can't leave this place today with, and, and say that God has not warned you. Well, there you go. That just come to you. There you go. Which was a promise from the Old Testament out of the Psalms. And it is a truth. Thank you for that. It is a truth because God is saying, listen, I'm with you. I am with you. Whatever you're frightened of, and that's what that's talking about, whatever you're frightened of, whatever you're scared of, I'm the one who's going to defeat it. I'm the one who's going to give you the strength to get over it. I'm the one who's going to show you how to get around it. The whole world is running around like ants in a, in a an ant's nest out there trying to figure out what to do next. you got governments hemorrhaging money. you got doctors running around. They don't know what to do. One day you can touch this and get the virus, and next day you can't. They don't know what's going on. God is the one that we trust in, that God is the one who is going to make our way. God is the one. So why are we holding back? God has the peace. When you think about it, what is it that he's offering us, really? Think about that. What is it that God's offering us? Define those: hope, peace, what? Eternal life—that's a big one. Freedom, security. What kind? What's what kind of security? Eternal. Yes, every day. Yeah, Sec- be a dad. No, it's interesting. None of you said money. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Trisha, comes and goes. You got enough, and then you don't have enough, and then you got enough. If anything God has said in Scripture over and over and over again, he said, I will take care of your needs. I will not have your foot moved. Which means that if we are willing to plant ourselves in Christ, he will give us the strength to actually continue in that and to have the peace and to have all the stuff, the securities that God gives us. I'm telling you, it's it's. I'm watching it in my home because, you know, as you know, I'm living with a couple people who you don't really have faith the way I have faith. So it's a panic all the time. Like, you can't go out anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't, it's like... Did you wash your hands? Yes, I I washed my hands. And we should wash our hands. But it's the way you say, did you wash your hands? You could say, did you wash your hands? Or you can say, did you wash your hands? That's the one I'm getting. And it's like, I think I did. And then you forget um, just the shock of the attack, uh, of the panic. There's a way we should walk through this world. Yes, wear a mask but the mask is not what is going to save us. You know, the mask is that a courtesy for other people that we are showing the love that God has for people. So that's why we wear it. But God will cause us to stand when, and here's the final word on this, God will cause us to stand when everything else falls. Now that is the truth. When this first started, there was a a couple of pictures that we were given. Of course, Uh, Back in November, God showed us that when he showed us the man hitting the tree, he said, this is the first of a series of global shakings coming on the earth. So we know, even the world thinks everything's going to go back to normal somehow. God told us in November, no, it ain't. And he's telling us this morning, get grounded. Get grounded in me. Because you're going to need it. Don't hold back. And so we need to listen. We need to hear what God's saying to us. Now, what he's saying to you and what he's saying to me, it's probably totally different. But he's saying something to all of us. That it's time. It's time. And it's time to let go and trust God. God. The letting go and trusting God, and I'll finish with this, but letting go and trusting God is not just letting go and then pretending everything's going to be fine. It's letting go of our fear, letting go of our trust in worldly mechanisms, letting go of our idea of how things should be, and grabbing on with white-knuckle faith the promises of God. And God could promise that he's going to walk you through everything and nothing will touch you, and some people do. You know, the apostle John lived to be in his 90s. I don't know what Peter was thinking. You know, when Peter's up there going, well, wait a minute, I I got taken out and he lives to be 90. (laughs) Peter had the same problem earlier too. Um, But the fact is, or God will say, no, no. I will allow you and give you strength and not have your foot moved in the middle of a very difficult situation. You're going to go through a very difficult situation. Someone called me this week and a pastor that I know. Uh, they want to, me to pray because he's got a very bad prognosis medically. I prayed. God showed me. He's going to come through it, He's going to go through it. It's not going to be a miraculous healing. He's going to go through it, He's going to have some surgeries. He's going to have to deal with all of that. But in the end, God said his spiritual vitality will not be changed. It'll actually be increased. And he's going to actually get something out of this. Well, you have to have faith when that happens. That's not God not meeting our need. That's God saying, this is what I want you to go through and show my glory through it and how you react to it. Whatever it is, God will give us what we need to go through it so that we will not be moved from what? From our faith that thy will be done, God, Lord, all things work for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything we want, we're going to get. That just means what we believe is going to be established. We believe that Jesus is Lord and King. We believe that believing and following him is what the world should be doing. And everything that we go through, God says, all things will work for good. All things will work to show that point. Through our life. It might cost us something. It might not look too good at the time. But the testimony that will come out of it will be good. Are we willing to humble ourselves to that? Are we willing to allow God to be the Lord of our life? Or are we still standing back dictating to God. This is how it has to be before I'll serve you. So somber stuff. But understand. Every bit of judgment that's ever come on the earth, when Jesus, when God allowed the flood to come, he did that because he was trying to stop evil. It said every heart of man was bent on evil. That's the, Unless scripture's lying, I don't know. The Tower of Babel, they were going to build this huge tower. It was just a whole monument to human ability and And God saw them starting to get together, and he knew where it was going to go. It was going to go to evil. So what did he do? He came down and confused the language. So he stopped the progress of evil. He's been stopping the progress of evil through all of history. And actually, you know it, New Testament says that we are here holding back the man of perdition, as it's called, which is evil. But there is a time when that will be taken out. And the enemy will be able to have full reign. And we think it's bad out there now? Oh, my dear, it's going to make Hitler look like Mr. Rogers. It really is. So is it going to happen in your lifetime, my lifetime? We don't know. But we do know we certainly are in the start of something. When you have a global pandemic that shuts down the whole world, folks, pages of scripture are speaking to us. So Lord, this morning, we just ask that you would show us in whatever ways we need to deepen our walk with you, ways that we are holding back from you, ways that we are not letting you in, that we are not waiting upon you, that pride has come, And stopped us from a fuller relationship with you. Holy Spirit, I just pray today that you would show it to us. And as always, we need an act of faith. And in this circumstance, the most we can do is stand up. So when you feel God speaking something to you, you just stand up as a statement of agreement with God and agreement with the Spirit of God that something is going to change. Father, you know what, uh, what is being said to hearts here today. And, uh, Father, each of us have uh, a time... Each of us have a time that you want to speak to us. And today, for those that have stood with us here today, it is your time to bless them with a change. Father, you know the issues being spoken to in all of our hearts. And we stand here today, Father God, making a covenant with you that, Lord, we are going to go deeper We are not going to hold back, that we are going to do whatever we can, however we can to go deeper, more sincerely into our relationship with you. And Father, if there was any act of rebellion, any act of pride, any act of sin, Father God, represented by any of us standing here today, based on the fact that these people that we have stood Before you, with confession and expectation, based on scripture, I pronounce them completely cleansed, justified, forgiven in the blood of Jesus Christ in accordance with Father God, what was done on the cross of Calvary, that our sins were washed away. And Father God, we just pronounce a newness over everybody this morning. For those who've stood a newness, something is going to change. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon them. That, Father God, you would give just like you did with Saul. A new heart came into Saul, and he was different from that day on. Father, we give you those things that dare to stand in the way of the deeper anointing relationship that we have and you want with us. Father God, we thank you that you love us enough to call us the way you've called us this morning. You're warning us, Father. You're giving us understanding. You're showing us how we're going to be able to stand. And we receive it with thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. know what I want to do. Uh, anybody has a th- I was thinking this morning, thanking God for the small things. It's been on me all morning. I was last night Sandra and M and I were out, we had the binoculars looking at that meteorite. And I can't figure out if it's going away from us or coming towards us. Apparently it's coming towards us, but it looks like it's going away. But it was such a beautiful moment, right? And I just said, Thank you for the small things, Lord. And I was just, I wanted to open it up this morning. Is there any, is there a small thing you want to thank God for? Go ahead, George. Have a great week.